homies, it's Diana Prince, and I am once again reunited with my, what do we call you, co-host, I guess. I'm, I've been waiting to be invited on this show. Thank you for finally having me. You don't me. actually have to be a smartass every single time. <laughs> I've been trying to do it without you a little bit, so you don't feel obligated every time, but... I didn't know I was the co-host, actually. You are the co-host. You named me and the co-host. And until you get your own pod, which so many people are clamoring for and you really need to do, then I'm dragging you on as much as I possibly can. I think can. I would be a horrible podcaster. I can't believe. All you have to do what? is talk, literally, and that's what you do. That's literally all you have to do. But I would just talk randomly. Exactly. And no, just no call one, it Joe Bob's Musings. Nobody would listen to it. Have you seen what I do on this pod it's not exactly structured and do you know how many people like wrote me at the end of the year last year saying this is their most listened to pod blah 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 thank you for that by the way I am amazed anyone listens but I appreciate it but you your ramblings gold I'm speechless that's a lie see that, You're makes, never speechless. See, that makes me a bad podcaster I'm literally speechless and no, I'm, no, I'm doing you know back in the 80s I used to be the the relief um, DJ on this station in San Francisco. I was this rock station. Uh, once a year in the summer when the morning guy took off two weeks, I would go and be on um, uh, KFOG. I think it was KFOG. K-Fabe. K-F-O-G. <laughs> and um, I, I would run out of material after the first day. I had, I had, uh, it was really hard for me to talk for four hours every, well, first of all, you had to talk from six in the morning, six to 10, you know, but um, I, I would just run out of things to do, to talk about. And so you start taking callers. Nothing wrong with that. And, People would uh, love to call you. And, uh, you know, it was a, it was a hard rock station. And so, um, you would get a lot of dopers that would call. And I mean, it's San Francisco, you know, it's like the home of dope. And so, and so the question would be, um, s sort of in, incomplete. It would not be fully expressed. And then you, and then you're trying to, so, so I would spend the first minute trying to figure out exactly what the question was. <laughs> and then, and then, uh, you know, another five minutes uh, going back and forth uh, with the guy. A anyway, it I just I okay. I wasn't good at radio. That answer alone shows me that you're you're going to be able to talk through a pod. <laughs> no, I, I was not good at radio. I just wasn't. Yeah, you figured it out and you did it. <laughs> I think I think you would have a lot to say. And anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep bugging you about that until it happens because it's gonna happen. But in the meantime. You get to be my co-host, lucky you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, what's the topic today? Okay, so the topic is... Wait a minute, I'm going to light up a joint while you're saying that. I mean, I wish you would. I'm happy to... <laughs> I mean, you want to go grab something no, no, for no, you? No, 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 no. What's the topic today? <laughs> okay. Well, instead of just straight up saying the topic, I'm going to explain that I tried... Since my last pod, which was with Bunny, I kind of challenged myself to... I wanted to explain to everyone all the stuff I was going through to kind of challenge myself to do things outside of my comfort zone. Does that make sense? Because you know what I'm talking about, but I can't say everything I'm talking about. So I'm trying to explain it. You wanted to do things. You wanted to challenge yourself. I have yourself. been doing things that are, like, scary that, like, normally 
I would just run away from. But since I've met you and you've been kind of a mentor, even though you don't like that word <laughs> to me, you, you've made me face things and do things that are scary. And, and during each one of these challenges, I like call you and cry to you and be like, I can't do this, blah, blah, blah. And then you're super inspirational. So I kind of want to tell that story a little bit so you can be inspirational to okay. other people. And I tried to do it on my own, but I just can't explain it as well as you. Plus, I want people to hear your your little homespun advice that you give me that makes me feel stupid homespun. for freaking out. <laughs> yeah. Well, you like break it down so simply and make me feel so stupid. <laughs> well, you don't like to be in public. That is basically the, the 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 thing, right? Well, it's not necessarily that. It's like um, you don't like to perform in public. I don't know that's that either. It's um, you don't like to feel exposed, like you're being judged. Okay, you don't like to be I'll take judged. that. Like, yeah, it's it's very hard. So I used to just do it. Like I moved here to do acting, blah blah blah. Um. But then I got to the point where I just was so closed off from all the people, all the criticism stuff. That I just didn't do shit anymore. And I was fine with that. I was fine with, like, hiding. But since I met you and the drive and stuff came up, I've kind of had to decide I'm either going back to hiding and just being like that forever or challenge myself to do things that are scary, starting with the drive-in. And since I've made the choice to kind of do that and try to do stuff that are fun and matter to me, it's scary, and it's much easier to retreat back into that old, I'm just not going to do anything, so I'm never judged feeling. But then you also miss out on so much. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I understand why you have so much trouble because, the, you know, in, first of all, women get judged more than men. Secondly, um, uh, pretty women or women who are expected to be sexy get judged more than other women. And then um, the, the, whole, the whole Internet environment is so toxic that uh, you have to, if you're going to be a performer at all, Right. And if you if you just even even if you're just gonna you know make speeches to the Kiwanis Club, then <laughs> then you've got you've got to assume that uh, people are gonna say you're ugly. People are gonna <laughs> say that you dress bad. Mm -hmm. uh, people are gonna say you're stupid. People are gonna say that you are um, um, uh, you know uh, prejudiced or or you know that you have uh, you know bad opinions or that you have <laughs> you you have a bad attitude people are going to say all that stuff you just have to assume you just have to go into it no assuming that that's the <laughs> that's the battlefield you know and you have to completely um you know when when people were performing on the vaudeville stage or whatever they would occasionally be booed and people would pelt them with with vegetables and things like that but then the next night it would be better, you know. And and, and no one knew that. And there's no, not and a record. No, for... <laughs> yeah. At no, if you were performing in Altoona, Pennsylvania, one night, and then you're performing in uh, Pittsburgh the next night, uh, nobody in Pittsburgh knows what happened in Altoona last night. Um, but today, um, everybody knows. Uh, you know, everybody knows. Um, Every the background, <laughs> and so. Um, if you have a if you have a big social media moment, you know, 
If you're hosting the Oscars and somebody comes up and cold cocks you on the stage. <laughs> Let it go, man. <laughs> then, Every uh, joke has been about this, then, by the way. Then, you know, for the next three years, that's all people talk about. You that's know, true. hey, that yeah, well, what was it like that time, you know, when you were on the <laughs> stage and somebody came up and cold cocked you? You know, it's like, uh, and so so you have to, so the first thing you have to do is you have to get the media uh, out of your mind, out of your mind, totally. The very first time, um, I ever performed on stage. Um, there's a review. There's a review of my performance in a newspaper somewhere that um, I have never read Ooh. because I shall find it. Because oh, please don't. <laughs> okay, no, because okay. three or four people. I'm going to. Three or four people who are close to me have said. Don't ever read this Aww. review. They just said, "Don't ever read this review." You know, we we think it would hurt you. Aww. It would hurt you well, to read this review. That kind of shit doesn't help huh? either. Huh? That kind of shit doesn't help. Like, like then you imagine it's like the worst thing in the history of the world. Well, no, it's just, it's just, um, it's just. You have to do certain things to be self protective, and and you have to trust the people that are around you that want you to succeed. Yeah. And so. Um, when you have this toxic stuff on the internet, you just have to block it, block it, block it, block it, block it, get rid of it. Um, if anybody, um, uh, if anybody tries to engage you in any kind of toxic conversation, just get rid of that. Who has time? Who has time for that? I mean, it's like, so, so, um, you know, in your case, I think you're, you're on the internet all the time. You're a social media well, like I have spokesperson. to spokesperson. To and so yeah, you have to be constantly. Yeah. And so, as soon as somebody turns negative and non-supportive, you have to just get rid of them, because that's the only way. The 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 internet is a big. Every day, that it exists, there's millions more stuff on the internet that never goes away. Mm. It's like the internet is a hoarder. It hoards, <laughs> it hoards everything. And so um, uh, most of it is crap. Uh, I think the reason we don't have, um, the reason we don't have great writers anymore, the reason we don't have great novelists, anymore, I mean, we have a few, but but the reason we don't have more is that um, the idea of crafting words until they're perfect so that the reader has a delightful experience, that's gone away. That, it's like uh, we have millions and millions of people um, just writing stuff off the top of their head. And it needs to be regarded that way. That's all it is. It's people, it's people spouting stuff off the top of their head. Mm-hmm. They're not novelists. They're not words craft. They're not craftsmen of the of of words, and so um, you you have to assume that it's not only not a lot of it is not only false and it's written for reasons that have do, more to do with them than with you, but it may not be expressed very well. You know, it may not even be. Uh, expressed well enough for you to know what it is exactly. And so you have to just get rid of all the internet crap. Uh, it's, it's, the internet is good for transmitting, um, uh, information, 
but it's not good for um, it's it's not good for criticism. Even though, I mean, every once in a while, my publisher will tell me, "Hey, you have uh, you know two hundred new great reviews on Amazon for that book that you wrote." in 2016 and and um i'm like okay i'll never be reading those yeah true there's gonna be all kinds of stuff in there that's not <laughs> right you know and even though he's saying they're good reviews right. they're good reviews no, trust no the Blake. good the good reviews can I don't be as, the good stuff either <laughs> no the good reviews can be as toxic as the bad reviews toxic in what way well, they're distorted. They're either mm -hmm. praising you for the wrong reasons or they're making fundamental factual mistakes or they're, um, uh, you know, or they're, you know, it's just the, the Internet is 99% um, amateurs. Like it's, a, like it's people scratching stuff on notepads that you would normally just stick on your refrigerator, but it's on the internet. That's true. <laughs> and, so, and then, like, likes and stuff give give thoughts validation. Yeah. It's like, ooh, 200 people like you this. It must be true. Give, you cannot give any power to that, you know? Now, occasionally, I'm forced to give power to that because, you know, I work for a corporation, and so the corporation says, hey, you need to answer this, <laughs> you know? Or you need and, to not answer this. Well, I always <laughs> say I don't. I don't really want to answer anything. Where, I mean, if if somebody says, um, "Hey, I think you're a serial killer," <laughs> do you need to answer that? No, you do not. You know. I feel like but you need if, to clear that up. But but if it's something, <laughs> but if it's something that's, um, um, you know, uh, people will write things where they say. Well, this thing that he wrote is problematic. They'll say it's problematic. What, what does that mean? What the We're fuck? We're not going down this road. <laughs> well, problematic. You know, they'll say, you need to answer this. No, I'm not going to answer that. It's not problematic. It's problematic to them. It's not problematic to me. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Surprisingly, you're a little off topic here. All right. No, tell me what you want me to talk about, and I'll talk about it. <laughs> I just, I kind of want you to share the wisdom you share with me. So I will, I will be more specific. Like, uh, just speaking is hard for me. Um, the reason I started this pod, of course, and speaking, I, I took acting parts in, in horror films because I love horror films and I'm happy to be part of it and get killed in cool ways, et cetera, et cetera. And if I said no to it, it would be just out of fear. So I went to go do these, these roles. But when I got there, it was really hard for me because you're not you're you're with me on the last drive. So when I freak out, you just say, like, get your shit together and go out there and shut the fuck up. But when you're not there, it's scary. And I've had at least twice I literally broke down and told the director I can't do it and was crying and I couldn't make words come out and et cetera. Cause I was just scared to speak in front of people, scared to be looked at, scared to be judged when the movie comes out. But yet, instead of my old pattern, which was, like, more unhealthy, I, I used to just quit. I'd make up reasons, run away, just be like, I didn't need this stupid movie anyway, and then run off. I stuck through all of it, every single one of them. And I, I, there's a really big one I can't talk about yet that if I had run away, I would have been really sad. Help, help me explain to, me, to people what I'm talking about without giving it away. 
Well, um, I just, you, you help me see that even if everything's not always perfect and if I don't have the control over things that I want or I don't feel ready, I need to just do it anyway and do my best instead of not trying. Yeah. Well, that's obvious. I mean, you, you know, that yourself. Obvious, you don't need me to, you but, don't need me to say that, but, but the, you really the, do need the, to be reminded of that sometimes. But the, the, um, who 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 has uh, constantly been afraid of the camera and worried about how they look and how they're portrayed? Marilyn Monroe, um, Isabella Johnny, the most beautiful woman in in European film in the eighties nineties. Um, you know, it's like if you if you are um, expected to be a certain uh, a certain way. Because people love you, the people that hire you love you because they've seen you on screen and so they love you and they want you to be that way. And so that instantly creates all this pressure to make sure you're that way that they think you are, right? <laughs> and so, um, and so uh, you know, insecurities about the camera are, everybody has them. I mean, I feel I'm like sure some people don't. No, I'm sure Brad Pitt has them. He can't do every role. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, um, um, you know, who, who's a good example? I mean, any anybody who's at the top of the business has probably has more than um, than anybody else because they're thinking, "Oh, I've got this standard to live up to," you know. And yet, this is a new role. This is not like the last role that I did. And so everybody who goes in front of the camera has that problem, you know, and yet Were you, you like need a, to be, oh, fuck yes. On like a uh, casino and stuff? Did you? Oh, fuck yes. I, I, but the, the important thing is you've got to be relaxed in front of the camera. You can't be. Well, that's not going to happen. <laughs> you can't be um uh you can't be thinking about your face you can't be thinking about your body you have to be thinking about you know who you are in that in that scene because if you start thinking about your face or thinking about your body you you end up coming off as stiff you know and so um i uh uh i but i it's not a strange thing that you would go to the set and be and and have uh, and have uh, insecurities, you know. What's important is if you feel like you're not quite ready to do it, tell the director you're not quite ready to do it, and tell him why or her. Tell her why, and and um, and uh, if you have to take an extra minute or an extra two minutes, or what if you need an extra year? <laughs> is that okay? <laughs> Well, no. And if <laughs> if it's something so huge that you think you can't overcome it, then you need to tell the director the night before. The I mean, night but, before. But, well, you <laughs> need, always happy to hear that. You need to have something. You need to have something. Uh, uh, you need to be able to be honest about your your uh, your your fears. Right. This is kind of my point, though. Like up until now, I always thought everything made sense. And that I couldn't overcome it. So I would just tell them, like, I'm sorry, you have to replace me. I can't even tell you how many times I've done that. I tried to do it with you on the last drive-in. I just feel like I can't 
get past all the all the fear and I just literally can't do it. Well, you can. I mean, we have many guests on the on the on the last drive-in for example who are famous people, famous people. And yet the, they'll show up for the interview and they're you know, they're shaking, they're they're worried, they're yeah. whatever. I can and help I, them. I, well, <laughs> I always I you know, there's there's um and there's there's two different kinds of people. There's there's a person that you say, we can just be loose and you can talk about whatever you want to talk about, or you can tell them, uh, um, let's talk about these three things, and they'll get it in their head. We're going to talk about these three things, and that'll give them a comfort level, mm-hmm. and then the interview will go smoothly because they know where it's going. Um, so some people like... They don't want to know where the interview is going, and some people do want to know where the interview is going. You have to sort of figure out what mm-hmm. kind of person this is, help them uh, get to the, comf- the place where they're comfortable, and then um, and then the interview will go fine. I don't. I can only think of one person, and I won't. I won't name the person, but I can only think of one person who didn't relax into the interview on the last drive-in, mm-hmm. and. Um, yeah. Give well, me, no, I'm not going to. No, no, give I don't. No, I'm not going to say right. somebody did a bad interview. That doesn't mean they were bad. But I they were just, they interview. were just trying to. Um, oh, wait, they, I know who you're talking about. They had in their head to. They had an agenda. They had an agenda. They had, yeah. they wanted to promote certain things. And so they kept trying to twist the interview into a. And, and I think as a result, they came off as not very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not to say they weren't. We weren't happy to have them there, and they weren't very wonderful. Yeah. Just not the interview you would have wanted. Right. Yeah. But uh, let's see the examples I can give. Um, can we uh, – I don't know what we're allowed to say. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, yesterday you gave me some really good advice when I was really scared to go do stuff. I literally going to say no. And you were just so like – comforting and talking about the times when you failed and just oh yeah I got, I've, I've got stuff where <laughs> yeah. I, I there's one there's one uh live event that I did where I just felt totally humiliated I, I when was, was that I just bombed uh um I don't know been around 2006 or something and I just felt like the entire audience hated me hated me or felt sorry for me, Ooh, which is even worse. That's probably even worse, yeah. And so um, uh, I couldn't even, like, I, I couldn't even sleep for, like, three days. It was just such a horrible, that's horrible, horrible, horrible <laughs> experience. And But I'm still here. I'm still here. It's like I didn't die. You know, I died on stage, but <laughs> I didn't die. And so um, uh, even if you have something like that that's, like, those things tend to loom large in your memory because you don't, you know, the things where everyone was ecstatically happy um, don't mean as much. So it's like we're twisted. You know, know. we go back to that thing. Everyone is. Uh, (laughs) Although I will never forget the audience at the Egyptian theater. Aww. Uh, that, That was so wonderful. They were, I just, the Egyptian theater on Hollywood Boulevard, I thought, 
this will be a tough crowd because these are Hollywood insiders. I have an anti-Hollywood attitude, <laughs> you know, and, um, you got fucking like four standing ovations. Oh, it was so they fucking great. Just, they were chanting Joe Bob, Joe Bob. Yeah, they were just so, it was great. so great. I just can't, I, I don't know what it was, but, um, it was awesome. You know, I I wish I had another show to take back to that theater because <laughs> actually that theater is under construction. I know. Uh, they're, they're fixing it up. It's annoying. I want to open again. <laughs> yeah. It was fine. Um, That's the uh, lesser known of the two Grauman's theaters on Hollywood Boulevard. You know, there's Grauman's Chinese, mm -hmm. but he also had, S Sid Grauman also had Grauman's Egyptian. And Grauman's Egyptian is on the other side of the street. But um, it was, uh, uh, I think they, they had the first, they had the first Hollywood premiere or something. It was, it, it's a very historic At the theater. Egyptian? Yeah, so it's kind of a, right. it's kind of an intimidating place because it's so. It's huge. Yeah, and, um, uh, and I remember, what, here's, what, here's what was great for me. Is like at the theater next door on Hollywood <laughs> Boulevard, which was the, which is the El Capitan Theater. Um, they were having the premiere of the Disney movie. What's the Disney movie? It was Maleficent, I think. Maleficent, the the well the like second the second, second yeah. Maleficent movie, and so all the stars were arriving in limos. And uh, everyone was in fancy evening dress. We really walked through all that. No, we did not. We they did. would not let us walk through. I walked through part of it. You walked through I it, wrote. but no. And so, and so the the people who are coming to Hal Redneck Saved Hollywood can't get through the security cordon around the El Capitan Theater. They have to walk two two blocks out of the way. You know, to it's like you cannot cross this. <laughs> you cannot cross this area. You know, those big beefy guys with the like radios in their ears and everything and uh no i'm sorry you know still won't work full and so <laughs> and so and so and and everybody coming into our show is uh you know has t-shirts and sneakers <laughs> and so you can easily tell the difference between who's going to the disney show and who's going to our show but i guarantee you our 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 audience had more fun than the people at that, uh, at that sure. fancy hollywood premiere but um uh, that was great that we could make more noise than they could. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a really great night. I'm so happy you had that moment because you were so scared. You were you were. I'm never doing my show in LA. Yeah, and it was it was also the biggest audience I think I've ever performed for. And it was so, so great. If you so, were at uh, that show and you're listening, thank you so much. I appreciate. Oh that. yeah, thanks. Yeah, because <laughs> we couldn't we couldn't talk to everyone. Normally we talk to everyone at the show, but we couldn't talk to everyone that night because we stayed so until everybody people. was gone. It's just well, a lot yeah, of but who, want, who wants to wait that long? You know, so. Um, uh, but anyway, so I've had the worst show ever. <laughs> and the best show ever uh, and well, everything in between my thing yesterday was just as simple as the makeup artist went home and my makeup is smeared and they wanted to do these I think it's okay to say we shot promos right we shoot promos like who cares we shot yeah. some promos for the upcoming season and there's no one there to touch me up and fucking nothing and they dudes don't get this like they're all dudes except me they don't understand I don't want to fucking be 
film like this. I look ridiculous. It doesn't make sense for me to have like a promo that they're going to ship everywhere with fucking makeup down my fucking face. But Joe Bob, with his infinite little wisdom, was like, just fucking do it anyway. And I did. So when you see crazy well, promos of me with eye makeup down in my fucking mouth, no, blame I said, him. No, <laughs> I, I, I don't mean just ignore it i mean i mean there's nothing we could do i had to ignore it tell the director no extreme close-ups and tell yet him, he did tell him to do medium close-up <laughs> no he did not oh he did will he use him or not did. trust there's i'll just uh, say the know, kitty cat part I, he was up in my face like a nobody's business <laughs> <laughs> okay well anyway um i think uh um, I think you do a good job of, of fighting through the fear. And, I just, uh, I want to, I, what I would love to be is like, you get to be as goofy as you want and just silly and people accept that. But for women, it feels like that's just like, it's number one, what you look like. And then number two, what you're, you act like. And I just feel like that's unfair. And these people accept your goofiness, but they, then if you, I was talking to the makeup artist before she left about this, but like a lot of people in general are scared to be picked apart online but women especially there's no woman doing anything that you can go to online where there's not good or bad something about her appearance every single fucking thing no matter if she's there talking about cooking or sewing or fucking anything that has nothing to do with appearance it's always appearance first for women and that is really fucking annoying and so if i feel like my appearance isn't perfect then i feel like i let people down and i didn't do a good job and i shouldn't be there etc cetera, etc cetera. meanwhile joe ball's just like <laughs> Fucking, you will be as silly as you want and you make people laugh and smile and I love that and you don't care and it's wonderful and I admire that about you and I want to be like that. And say, so, yeah, oh, my makeup smeared? Oh, well, I'm going to make people laugh anyway. <laughs> well, I think, you know, it's it's more than just women, men thing. It's like appearance counts. But it's just, in, it's so much business. more for women though, honestly. Yeah, well... Not to say men don't have it at all, but definitely it's just number one thing that, that women are judged on. And yet, um, a lot of the a lot of the women, uh, young female actors who are known for being hotties, mm -hmm. um, they transition into uh, other roles as they as they age. True, but it's not a lot we, of people mocking them. We know several of them. You can look up Isabella and Johnny right now and people are very mean to her as an older lady like really it's really hard yeah it's like ew like she yeah trust look it up you'll see and it's just it's just really unfair but nothing can do about it besides not letting that bother you and not letting people's criticisms stop you yeah I remember when um in the in the Oscars this would have been like 20 30 years ago they brought Lillian Gish on stage. She must have been 96. And people were respectful. They were very respectful and they were very, you know, standing ovation and everything. And now she had been a hottie in silent films. Okay, so then um, in later years, various people who were in their 90s would come on to the Oscars and people would be mean. Mm -hmm. And I attribute it to the Internet. I, the Internet just magnifies that stuff. Um, you know, somebody starts a, a meme or somebody starts talking about talking about it and there's a long thread about it. Oh, she looks so terrible. Well, mm -hmm. do you know any people in their 90s? I mean, it's like you, you, you know, it's, 
it's not about appearance anymore when you're in your 90s. I and remember so, Kim Novak had that problem. Like, I was so happy to see her there. And yeah. people were so mean to her. And she's like, what, 96 or something? Like, right. Like, so, when did, so when did we, what's, what's the point in our culture where we cross from the Lillian Gish reverence, you know, or even better example is Betty Davis reverence. Betty Davis would get a standing ovation, even though she had been playing roles that were, first of all, she was considered one of the most beautiful women in the early 30s, okay? And then she, at the end of her career, she wanted to continue to work, and so she played uh, women who were in, she played uh, characters who were in make, makeup <laughs> intentionally to be ugly. Mm -hmm. And... Um, but yet, when she went, out, when she would go on the Oscars, they would give her a standing ovation because, like, who who works from the '30s to the night to the? Did she work into the '90s? No, into the '80s. She worked from the '30s to the '80s. She made a Larry Cohen film, I remember, in like '88 or something like that. So, um, and it was that everyone, everyone. You know, respected her, but um, and and that and she was not even that nice a person. <laughs> but but, uh, and, but anyway, but anyway. Um, so what happened in the culture that like suddenly, suddenly it's not okay to be old. We're supposed to be in the place that went beyond body shaming. You know, we're supposed to be in the place that was is more woke about this, <laughs> right? So, well, so what the so what the fuck? What the fuck? I mean, and also, like, so what if you don't look perfect or you are older? Or you're supposed to stop enjoying life because what you don't fit in this mold of being a supermodel at 25 forever? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know, but when you did, can't enjoy life anymore after that. I know, but when <laughs> did we issue all the licenses to be mean? It's I know like, it's, it's actually very accepted to be mean about certain things like that. Oh, they gain weight. It's okay to fucking mock them. That's actually getting actually age is like the only one that's really truly still okay. I still I see people if you mock heavy people, they don't like that. But I don't see a lot of people standing up, people mocking just because they're older, which is unfortunate because that's just gonna happen. Everyone <laughs> hate yeah. to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so you shouldn't stop. You shouldn't stop experiencing things because. People make you feel bad about whatever you're insecure about, I guess, is the point. And so we'll see how I feel when all these things come out. But as of right now, I'm very happy that you did not let me give in to my self-doubts, my insecurities, my imposter syndrome, et cetera, et cetera, and run away. Yeah. When I get know. to tell people about the big one, I literally was just like looking up flights home. <laughs> they had flown me out to Georgia, I can say, right? Anyway, it was a huge, huge, big opportunity, but I didn't audition or anything. They just did it because they liked me on the show. And then I'm like, I can't live up to this. Just because I had a good day on the show doesn't mean I'll have a good day now. <laughs> so I was going to run away, and I would be so sad if I had probably. So. Oh, yeah. You got to screen out those voices that say, you know, the, 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 um, the, thing, about, the thing about people that say, you know, I can't stand that person, you know, meaning a person on TV. It's like, don't watch. <laughs> you don't have to explain your opinion. Well, Just for don't me, watch. I, I see a lot of people that not like you 
that say I ruin everything. Why can't you just get rid of me? Sorry. What? <laughs> not like so like that would not explain your don't watch. Like if they want to watch you, then they have to watch me because I'm there. But you could always take a bathroom break during the mail. <laughs> then you'll be fine. <laughs> Uh, I can I say something to you? I want to get really deep with us. We're not super going there because you're not being as open as I would have hoped, but that's okay. Oh well, tell me. Tell, I don't. I don't remember what I say. Just tell me what you want me that, to say. That baffles me that you don't even know how. Like I should have had your text out reading it. That you you've just been very helpful. But I will say, I, I for that one big one that I will be able to talk about around Halloween time. <laughs> Um, I fell back into an old pattern that I used to do. Like one way I used to deal with my insecurities and BDD is to actually cause physical damage to myself. So then they couldn't use me, you know, like I will be like, um, I fucking hate how my nose looks. I'm just going to fucking crush it with a hammer until it's broke. And then they have no choice. Like they can't use me. You know what I mean? And I actually fell into that when I was there. Cause I had way too much downtime to think about it. And caused some damage but they were they said we'll work with it anyway and I had to go out there with a beat up face and and still just do the job and it's going to come out there with my beat up face and we'll see how that that goes but at least I, I even though I tried to sabotage myself I didn't you know does that make sense yeah explain but it, I, okay? don't, I don't remember <laughs> I don't remember what I was saying to you at the time but uh but you know, I was I, I, I remember definitely telling you. I told you after I had beaten myself don't leave. up. Don't leave. <laughs> I'm like, there's no way I can go out there like this. Like I look ridiculous. <laughs> like, why do I suddenly have a black eye since yesterday? You know what I mean? Like Well, <laughs> the reason big movies have makeup departments is they know how to deal with that. Well. So some do, some don't. Let's just say that. <laughs> well. But um I don't know. I just I just I guess I want to thank you for helping me grow as a person and do things that scare me, even if they're not perfect. And I'm going to keep doing that. And sometimes I'm going to fail. This, this one that I'm talking about might end up being a fail, but I'm really glad I had the experience. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that I'm, that I keep going and I intend to keep going. And I, I have you as a huge part of that. Well, gosh, uh, seriously, like you're 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 such an inspirational. I would not. I would have left during the first marathon if you weren't the kind, motivational person you are. So just it's branched out since then, and it's. I'm doing stuff that I never would have thought I'd be able to. Well, that's good. Keep keep that thought. <laughs> keep going with that. <laughs> Thank you. There's some of that great wisdom I'm talking about. <laughs> I, I honestly don't remember what it's I said fine. at the particular but honestly, time. But that's you know. just shows how great and sincere it was. You're just the kindest person. I just want other people, because I get letters all the time from people saying, how do we deal with insecurities? Like, I have all this, this art I want to release or pods I want to do or whatever, but they're scared to because they're scared of the criticism. And I just, I some of the, the motivation and wisdom you give to me, I just wanted to hopefully pass on to them so that that other people who are scared to express themselves find the strength to do it. And if they get criticized, say, fuck those idiots and just keep going. Well, not to the, say all criticism is wrong. Some of it could be no, right. The first, it doesn't mean you should stop trying. <laughs> well, the first, the first question you have to ask yourself is why are you doing it? Are you doing it to read the reviews? 
Are you doing it to get pats on the back? Are you doing it to get attaboys? You know. I mean, yeah, of course. Um, I'm well, no, you I'm should. Kidding. You should be doing it because you have something to express, and something important to you to express, and so you should do it even if you're doing it in a vacuum. You know. Yes, I and agree so, with that. And so, um, uh, you know the. Um, they have this thing in the in the world of uh, missionaries. Like missionaries will go to a tribe somewhere in South America or Africa or somewhere that's never had Christianity, and they will start to uh, you know talk about Christianity and have a weekly religious service, and nobody will come to the religious service because nobody's interested in it. But they they preach the service anyway. They continue to preach the service until somebody hears, you know. Well, you have to think of yourself that way. You have something to say. You have something to say. You have something to deliver. And so you the go out. Mail. You go out and you <laughs> preach it. You preach it, you know. And uh, you preach it even when nobody comes at first. You know, nobody comes. You still preach it. I love that. That's exactly so. how I feel. I, I personally do all these, and I do the drive-in and whatever, because I'm preaching the gospel of horror. <laughs> and it's yeah. important to me that we shine light on these films and filmmakers and that might not get attention otherwise. So that's why I'm doing that. And same for these little roles. It's, it's movies. These people are mostly independent people, so I'm happy to support them and their vision. And, and just, I don't know, horror is fun. That's a great message that needs to be said. <laughs> Do you think we've made a difference here? You think we've explained? explained. We've motivated people enough. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I hope, I hope people are, are. Uh... If you quit every time you got criticized, we would not know you. That's for sure. <laughs> well, you, you would know, have quit back in 1982. <laughs> yeah, I try. I try not to not to read the criticism. And when I was young, I was, I was, uh, I would, if I got criticized, I would, um, uh, say the same thing over again. So I'd get criticized more. It's <laughs> like I used to, in other words, if some, if somebody got offended, I would, I would zing them 10 more times. Um, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> You're a cocky motherfucker. <laughs> but, um, but I actually think that's. I actually think that's healthy. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that's. I don't think it's a bad thing to do. Um, uh, but you know, I've mellowed, I guess, and so I'm not a flamethrower anymore. But <laughs> I, I probably wish a I, good thing. I wish I was actually. I think it's <laughs> you know? good. You're not. Right. <laughs> you can calm it down a little bit. <laughs> uh, but um, uh, but you know, I, I, I horror, horror fans tend to be. Um, accepting of other people and of other ways of life because they, a lot of them feel the reason they were attracted to horror in the first place is they identified with the monsters. You know, this is something I didn't understand for a long time. But not everybody who loves horror mm -hmm. is that way. But a lot of people identified with the outcasts, you know. And so... Um, that was that's what attracted them to horror, and um, that that means that they are 
uh, very um, uh, forgiving people because they they know they know what it's like. They know what it's like to be uh, the other, and so they they uh, it's 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 a great community because of that. I concur. All right, thank you, Joe Bob. I guess that'll have to do. <laughs> Hopefully, I just. I'm sorry I couldn't be no, deep for you. <laughs> I it's, I should have pulled out some of your old decks, but I also didn't know how how like specific we should get. But bottom line is, express yourself and don't live in fear of criticism. Right. Right. All right. So before I let you go, is there anything we can promote that we're allowed to promote? <laughs> Well, the new season starts on April 29th. Um, it runs for 10 weeks. We're allowed to say that now. We are allowed to say that now. I and, don't know why we haven't been able to before, but cool. And um, <laughs> uh, I'm very excited at some of the people that are going to come visit us and, and some of the shows that we're going to put on for different, various holidays. And uh, I also, um, also we're going to hit the road. Um, with a lot of uh, personal appearances uh, all through May and June. And the most... April, uh, too. And the most <laughs> important thing is um, I'm starting a, a, a partnership with the American Genre Film Archive. And we're, the American Genre Film Archive uh, saves uh, exploitation films that otherwise would, would disappear. And uh, we're going to do double features at uh, uh, various theaters uh, all over America. We're going to have a premiere week. Um, I guess I can go ahead and say I think they just announced it, actually. Yeah, we're going to... It's Panic Fest, right? No, no, no. Oh. We are going to be at Panic Fest in uh, Kansas City. But, uh, no, we're going to have a premiere week for the American Genre Film Archive uh, double features in... um, late June uh, and we're going to go for the for the premiere week we're going to go to f- four of my favorite theaters in um, the north, the south the east and the west of America <laughs> we're going to go to the Coolidge Corner Theater in Boston we're going to go to the Music Box Theater in Chicago, we're going to go to the Texas Theater in Dallas and we're going to go to the Hollywood Theater in Portland for the very first uh, rolling out of the uh, American Genre Film Archive double features. So I won't announce the titles yet, but we'll announce the titles later. But that'll be like the last um, the last week in June, first week in July, and then we'll and then uh, the the uh, on July eighth uh, we'll have the second uh, Joe Bob's Jamboree. Which we can't announce the details of yet, but 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 I guess next week I'm actually announcing the dates for the first time on July eighth, 9th, and tenth. Hey, that's you know if you're going on record with that, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's a so step that's, forward. that's that's new information nobody has. So July eighth, mm, 9th, sure. and the jamboree always comes around at the same time as the original marathon. Back well, in, as close as we can. Yeah, back in uh, 2018. Yeah, that's. Seems so long ago now. So we're going to be all over the place. All right. All right. I guess we did a part. Are you going to tag along, if even if it's just my show? Even if it's just your show? What do you mean? Yeah. 
Even if it's just like how Redneck saved Hollywood. Don't I always? Yeah, I hope you do. All right. <laughs> I'm there for you, babe. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for being here. I hope you'll come back for my next one where we actually talk to someone else. <laughs> 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 thanks for being here, Joe Bob, and thank you for listening. Love you. Bye. All right.